Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But searching the shelves for that special overlooked movie will never end. The one that really sticks with you forever. Let's drown ourselves in a sea of streaming services and ask the question, what the fuck is that? Does this hold up? And just what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank Roll. I'm Scott Moran. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> I saw Evil Dead Rise. Yeah? You don't have to act like you didn't already hear me talk about it. I was trying to remember <laughs> if I remembered you saying that. <laughs> That's the good thing about you, is I can tell you stories twice. It was not a great Evil Dead movie, but it was a really good horror movie. So it wasn't quite the same as the other one? Like, it didn't have the same feel? It made the remake seem more like an Evil Dead movie. It didn't. It wasn't funny. Mm. It just wasn't funny you Enough. need that little bit of like <laughs> there should well yeah that's what I consider a good Evil Dead movie to be it was like kind of Three Stooges and it has those like oh it's silly and then it scares me a little bit you know <laughs> and that's what I like about it but this one was just a good horror movie not necessarily scary little gross do you remember was the runtime like that ninety minute just about yeah about cool yeah at least it, I mean could. it had the so there's something about an Evil Dead movie that is unique and mm -hmm. that is. There's a little bit of setup, and then it just cranks all the way to the end of the movie. It had that, which I think is good. It just didn't have the moments of levity that I wanted to make it kind of like, you know, crazy scary, like <laughs> laughing scary, like yeah. nervous laugh scary. That's what I want. And that was at the theater? Yeah, it was great. Cool. Yeah, it was a good theater movie. Get that It'll be theater experience. probably by the time people hear this episode yeah the by the end of may it'll be twenty dollars the way things are going on amazon yeah i think that's fine so bezos can jump on another penis rocket honestly i'd pay 25 dollars for admission to a movie if you gave me the dvd at the movie like a dvd not even like a blu-ray not even a blu-ray just give me some physical low-cost copy of the movie hmm. or a download code once you've seen it you get it <laughs> They've got little, like, thumb drives. Like Even little... if it was a download code, it would, like, kick in retroactively when you release the movie. I would pay more to go to a theater if I could also have it. Mm. Just saying, Hollywood. <laughs> Give me more stuff. Would you see it again? Yeah, absolutely. I'll watch it again. It wasn't my least favorite Evil Dead movie. Honestly, my least favorite is the very first one. Because that's the one that isn't as self-aware. Yeah, the they weren't quite on track yet. Yeah, but I don't think that this was a sequel to the Ash movies by any means. It was like a different avenue, different Necronomicon maybe, or it was a sequel to the remake, which is fine too, because I liked that. Same, same. Any movie where it rains blood, I like it. <laughs> I'm for it. It's just corn syrup. Blood, frogs, I like it all. Locusts. When it rains from the sky, it's fun. Locusts. I've never seen it rain locusts, but I would be into it. Isn't that one of those signs? I think they just come. They don't rain. Locusts. Yeah, it's like uh, reeking something. It reeks. Wasn't there something where like a sports team was called the Reeking Havocs? Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't... I don't I've it's never... ringing a bell. Ringing a bell? Ringing a bell. Nothing else really notable, though? No. I'm excited about the Alien TV series. Yes. I read a whole bunch of stuff about that, and then uh, I can't wait to watch Silo. Need to start Silo when that's out. When that's out? It's out already. I know, but I was like really being in the moment like we were back in time. Oh, yeah. Like, you got to get in character, man. I mean, I, I didn't see anything exciting. I uh, I went to sleep watching Tiger King again because I have problems. 
You know, it's my my comfort stuff is strange the last yeah, few years. You're a weirdo. Yeah, Chernobyl, Tiger King, Silence of the Lambs here and there. I've told you this before, but Kelly has come to not trust you. Really? Yeah, like the things you watch, she's like, uh, I'm suspicious. Tiger King? I mean, she will never watch Tiger King, no. <laughs> no fucking way. Um, but no, I mean, Chernobyl, it's just a well-done series. Yeah, your comfort zone is getting really uncomfortable. I watch all the documentaries about the depressing shit. It's just how I roll, man. But then I also watched an oldie but a goodie biodome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> biodome is great. Polly Shore, man, he was really on top of the world there for a minute. That whole thing is like a just a list of lines in my head. It is. And you know, like that main that main guy who's like running the facility. Isn't he the bad guy from uh Real Genius? Yes. It is, right? Oh yes. Because he was like that guy in the eighties. Uh it's Walter Peck, is it not? From Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. That's yeah, his name. The straw man of all straw men. Yeah, he's just He's just doing his job actually. Uh, yeah, Ginger. Have I ever talked about that with you with in Ghostbusters? Walter Peck's an asshole, but he's not fucking wrong. <laughs> Wait, was he the EPA? The Environmental Protection Agency. Yeah. These guys don't have permits for this shit. <laughs> it looks nuclear. Yeah, he's straw man. Doesn't deserve to be burned the way he does. Other than being a dick. You don't be a dick in a sci-fi universe. Real genius, he was an asshole for no reason. Or well, I mean he was developing He's kind of an asshole for no reason in everything. Yeah. Well, you just yeah. He's the adult eighties bad guy in my head. <laughs> like when I picture one, it's him. Mm-hmm. Beard, well, no beard, long hair. It had the blonde chick from the Kevin Smith movies in Dazed and Confused. Yeah, we still don't remember her name. Still don't remember her name. But she's in a lot of stuff. I like her. She's, has she done anything recently? That'd be crazy to see her now. Uh, I think she might be in a Kevin Smith movie. Like maybe Jay and Silent Bob reboot she was in it Okay, for a second. I don't hmm. know. I don't know. Lots of randoms in that movie. Yeah, there really are. What was the uncle? Or her stepdad. Stepdad. Like, He's like on disability, and he was in everything back then. Yeah, he was in a lot of stuff. Um, he has a certain lisp. Yeah, he does. But and, not really a lisp. Well, he's kind of like racially ambiguous. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, is you know, you're just like, wow, what is, you know, it doesn't matter. But he can definitely play a, a lot of different roles. And what I was looking for, oh my goodness, here we go again, dude. Was his name Russell in that? Was it Russell? I think it was. That sounds right. Man, I've seen that movie a lot. Well, and also, Nothing But Trouble. Chevy Chase, oh, Demi yeah. Moore. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. He goes along for the car ride. And you know what? Biodome. Dan Aykroyd's the judge, isn't he? Yeah, with the nose. Prost mm -hmm. He's got the nose prosthesis. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen that. That's a good one. And terrible. But amazing. John Candy? It's fucking, it's too many things. John Candy plays like the cop of the oil pit town and his sister is also played by john candy he does the dual role and she's creepy as fuck the overweight the baby's outside in Man, diapers i need to rewatch nothing but trouble nothing like but trouble soon. is super classy i wonder if that's streaming anywhere kind of makes me want to watch canadian bacon <laughs> which is a movie that i've seen like two or three times i can't remember watching it a whole lot i remember when i saw it the first time i rented clifford I rented them at the same time, watched them in the same <laughs> night when I was a kid. Clifford is so awkward. It's so weird. I rented that as a kid. Um, yeah, because it's got that guy as the dad. Or, From Beethoven? Yeah, the Beethoven dad. <laughs> oh, man. 
Does that have Mary Steenburgen? Yes, I think his mother is Mary Steenburgen. Anytime I get a chance to say Mary Steenburgen. You do like saying it. It's such a... You enunciate it a lot. Steenburgen. I know for a lot of things I slur put some shit into, I like to say Mary Steenburgen. What's eating Gilbert Grape? <laughs> it's like maybe I could find a way to tie in what's eating Gilbert Grape to everything we talk about too, instead of just promoting Popstar all the time. I think you should. Have you ever seen Popstar? Yes. It's got Justin Timberlake in it. <laughs> oh, God. What's your favorite Polly Shore movie? It would be Biodome or In the Army Now. Son-in-law third. Yeah, I know you... Uh, I never think of In the Army Now, but I did like that one when and, I was a kid. It's got Andy Dick in it, too. Yes. Come on. And Lori Petty? And Lori Petty. And yeah. David Allen Greer. Your crush. Yeah. From A League of Their Own. Oh, uh, you know you like her in uh, Station Eleven. This used to be our playground. <laughs> You know, at the end of A League of Their Own? Let her play with her sister. Yeah. Big Dottie Henson. (laughs) (laughs) The end of that movie is a Madonna song in the score during the credits, man. It's a fucking tear. It's on Netflix right now, and I'm like, why are you looking at me, A League of Their Own? Why are you looking at me? You going to watch the show? I mean, it's already out. Oh, no. I said no. You said no to who? <laughs> just, just say it out they loud. They called me. I was like, no. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, just say no, man. You know, good for it if it makes it. It's just in my mind, a league of their own holds a place in my heart. I don't want anything else. I don't. I just, I don't care. I'm sorry, but I hope it does good. I hope it does its thing. I hope people appreciate it. You know, it's based on a true story. If they made a Cutthroat Island show, though, would you watch that? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, when I say A League of Their Own is something special to me, it's something special. What other eight-year-old do you know that rents that on purpose for his birthday party? I don't. Bingo. There we... Enough said. (laughs) Enough said. I guess. Enough said. No, I'm not watching the show. Sorry. (laughs) What is that, Amazon Prime original? Yes. Yeah. Check it out if you feel like it. I'm not going to do it. So, uh, yeah, here we are. But yeah, bear with us, everybody, because we're dumbasses and we didn't record. Actually, the computer froze. This time it wasn't our fault. It we were, we our... were watching the screen. Everything looked fucking hunky-dory when we got going. At some point in there, we lost my audio. Yes, but it looked like it did for a while. Yeah, it almost looked like it was doing it, then somehow it disappeared, but yours kept going. the froze and we saw it and... It was not. It's like in one of those movies where they freeze the security footage and then they do stuff. Or like in Toys and Robin Williams pops up the screen. But yeah, everybody bear with us if we, because we're kind of doing this again. We didn't finish the episode per se, but we got really far and we were really excited about this. Super excited about this. Still don't fucking trust it. It's going to move. But it started over. Paranoid. It didn't start over. It just moved. Hold on. Let me Google something. No, just <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm doing most of the time. But we were really excited about this movie. And we were having a good time talking about it. Yeah. Suck, it's, suck. Uh, you know, so we're doing it again. Yeah. And this all started. You brought it up. We watched a preview. I didn't remember you showing me the preview. But then I remembered the preview. And I was like, oh, yeah, Robert Patrick. Like, fuck, yeah. I remember the scene. You know what I mean? All it took was remembering the scene. Then we watched it, and I was very excited to talk about this. Still, I wish I'd watched it again. I just didn't have time. Yeah, I didn't have time. I did watch a bunch of other random things this week, but it would have been nice to watch it again. I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. 
Tone Deaf follows Olive, who, after being fired from her job and blowing up her latest dysfunctional relationship, decides to take a weekend away in the city to self-reflect. Olive rents a fancy country home from a widower named Harvey. Harvey's son thinks he has dementia and wants to put him in a home, and though he has lived a full life, he desires the thrill of killing someone before he deteriorates completely. After Googling Olive and deeming her a prime example of what's wrong with her generation, he begins to muster the courage to kill her. While Olive wrestles with her problems, her hippie mother losing her father to suicide when she was young, and her fading dreams of being a concert pianist. Harvey plots and stalks, muttering political rhetoric and projecting his dead wife onto Olive. He kills a few practice folks and finds a sweet new outfit along the way before coming to her dressed in stained, old-timey, full-body long johns. Tone Deaf premiered at South by Southwest in 2019 and was written and directed by Richard Bates Jr. According to Bates, the script was inspired by the Norman Rockwell painting The Connoisseur. That seems like a stretch, but the painting is a well dressed older gentleman looking at a Jackson Pollock painting of spattered chaos. As far as starting points go, it makes total sense. Tone Deaf stars Amanda Crew as Olive, T-1000 Robert Patrick as Harvey, Ronnie Jean Blevins as David, Harvey's son, Haley Marie Norman as Lenore, Olive's friend, Kim Delaney as Crystal, Olive's mom, Johnny Pemberton as Uriah, Crystal's, uh, uh, <laughs> friend, and, uh, Ray Wise as Michael, Olive's dad. Ray Wise. Leland. Ray Wise. Robocop. Uh, <laughs> He'll always be Twin Peaks Leland to me. Yeah, Twin Peaks. His hair goes all gray. And he's got a good like oh, face. Like a, what would you call that? Like an Indiana Jones moment? He's like about to scream all the time. You know, but if he, he never does. If he was one of the guys in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open it, you know, and it's like, <gasps> yeah, that would make sense. He would. He has that face. Yes, that's his face when it opens. The face of a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> well it's not what i meant to imply <laughs> um and tate ellington is james a dude that olive tries to pick up at a bar and ends up being a very interesting person yes he does it's uh yeah the movie has a 44 percent tomato meter score a 33 percent audience score and a 4.9 out of 10 on imdb making it a perfect last video store clerk specimen given that viewer ratings go one of two directions the message makes me angry or this was fun, but you shouldn't take it too seriously. With no real in-between, the trailer alone demands taking a closer look. And if you are at all familiar with any of Bates' other films, you can see if the message is making you squirm and annoyed, you've probably given him exactly what he wants. Amanda Crew stated in an interview that she read the script as a horror movie and thought it was bad. But after watching Bates' other movies, she realized that she approached the script the wrong way and loved it on the second reading. So coming to this movie with the right frame is key. Yeah, I've seen suburban gothic and uh there's another one of his movies i saw too excision oh yeah i see i didn't see either one and those were great were they but if you have no prior knowledge of this guy mm -hmm. and you walk into this movie with the wrong like you're like this is gonna be a slasher movie mm -hmm. it is not it's kind of just a comedy yeah i mean there was a lot going on some random ass people in this movie too yeah, I saw like right at the very beginning. Well, after the very beginning, like the uh, concert, what do you call it? Performance. The suicide the, cold open is what the, I would call it. The suicide it. cold open yeah, with piano the piano recital. With the piano recital in the in the background. And Deadly Lind. Yeah. Uh, well, it starts with Olive and the IT, one of the IT guys from the office. Oh, really? Yeah, the one in the kitchen, the one that calls her later in the movie. Oh, right. Yeah. That guy was one of, one of the IT guys in the office. Yes. Because, you know, it was somebody different here. I think of him as a that guy from New Girl. New Girl. Don't See, know what his character's name in that is, though. 
I was like in the room while that was playing, but I didn't really watch it a lot. I was at first, and then I watched it, and Jake Johnson cracks me the fuck up. <laughs> I got on board. Zoe Dashnell or Zoe Deschanel? I think Deschanel. Bones' sister. That's like the most old man thing I've ever said. Kim Delaney being in this was weird from NYPD Blue. Because that's what just the only place I think I've ever noticed her being. I'm not familiar with her work. You're not familiar with Jimmy Smith's work? What? He was in Tommy Knockers. <laughs> Bobby. Was Marge Hellenberger in Tommy Knockers? She sure was. CSI and NYPD Blue coming together. In one from night. From the future and the past. I've gotten to say Marge Hellenberger and Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> <laughs> yes! She's looking raggedy in Tommy Knockers. But it was random seeing her as the mom in this because I was like, why do I fucking know who that is? And then I was like, oh, right. I don't know why I didn't know immediately. Loved how she handled this character, though. She rocked that shit. Yeah, her interactions with Johnny Pemberton are hilarious. Fucking loved it. Johnny Pemberton is older than us. Is he British? Looks like a child. No. Pemberton. No. I think I, I may have told you this before, but he's where I got my dealing with customer service skills. Mm. On the phone, I will go and I will act suicidal when I have to talk to like a cable company or something. <laughs> like, I just like, I'm going to quit. I don't care anymore. I'm unwashed and <laughs> my internet doesn't work and I'm going to take my life. Hold on. I have to rinse my bucket. And then they give you free HBO or something. I don't have to deal with cable companies anymore, but I have gotten free shit there quite a bit. Yeah. Thanks to Johnny Pemberton. Okay. Yeah, because he helped Duncan Trussell get his internet turned on. That's how he, he got him like free internet for a year. <laughs> but you just like you start off like frustrated, and then you just get sad. Yeah. And it works every time. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those movies. Like I said, the first scene kind of scared me because I was like, "Well, I don't know if I'm gonna like the quality of this." The whole kitchen interaction between Olive and the guy she was about to break up with felt a little too like. Uh, I was like, oh, what's... Like old Parker Posey movie? Not even, like less than. But that kind of like Indie Avenue. Not even, like like it was going to be a bad one. Like just like a bad one. Oh, like a Velocipaster. Sounds about right. All right. I don't know, but that might even be... Anyway, it didn't turn out to be that. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. I would say that Suburban Gothic was more that. That would have scared you a lot more. If I had been like you should watch this movie mm -hmm. i know that you would have watched about 20 minutes of it and you would have been like nah mm. but i gave that one a chance and in the end it won me over and i th think that going into this with that idea that this is really silly and it's gonna be a little silly but i thought that this fucking movie was super consistent with what it was yeah while being a lot of things you know not like there's a direct comparison but i always bring up jennifer's body as a good example like, I feel like when they were making that movie, they knew, like, the level of movie it was going to be. And I feel like that was present here as well. Like, they, they rolled with the punches, man. You know, if budget wouldn't let you do something. And budget wasn't even bad for this, I wouldn't imagine. Like, no, this seemed more financed than his other movies. Yeah. And, um, no, I mean, it just ended up being so good. And there were so many different things I wanted to talk about. Like I said, this is one of those where I jotted down a ton of notes. Because I was like, fuck, I want to remember all the little things. Like the IT guy, when she's getting fired, it's by Little Fokker. Oh, yes, Little Fokker. Little Fokker's From in the... Ash versus Evil Dead. And then that's the one that one of her, like, friends goes to fuck, like, during the girls' night right after she gets fired. 
Oh, Annalyn McCord. Annalyn McCord. Who's in his first movie. And also a bunch of random TV shows I'm not real interested in watching. She was on 90210, the remake. Oh, okay. Pretty small part in this movie. What was that, like two scenes? I think it was a cameo. Cool. Because she was in that. And she had like fake acne scars. That's random. It was really weird. That's so random. Why would you do that? Sweet cornrows. Made me think of Hustle and Flow. Pensatucky. Anyway. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. She'll, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'll either call her Crossroads or Pensatucky. I do recommend watching the movie that she was in. Excision was a it was a good one. It's about her, she's trying to please her mom, and it just goes off the fucking rails. Oh, awkward. You would like that one. Yeah, it would it get my anxiety no, up. In the way this movie goes off the rails. <laughs> you know? Because there's a lot of things that come out of left field, but they feel like they belong in the movie. Uh-huh. Did you feel like Robert Patrick was kind of wandering around? His character didn't have like a... He acted like he had this plan. And he was this old generation like, I'm going to do it. I'm but a little loose. A yeah, little loose. He, on... You could tell he was like kind of struggling with it. Do you think he really had dementia? Do you think his son was just like this fucking crazy? And that was like the main drive, the main push for him to just fucking lose it and kill, see what it tasted like? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe not dementia, but maybe sort of like psychosis because of the visions. Yes, his dreams were my favorite part. I called it art art show dementia. Yeah, when you're having like really colorful dreams. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you fell asleep with a nicotine patch on. <laughs> that shit is terrifying. Man. Uh, man, you take Ambien and don't go to bed. That couch she falls asleep on when she first gets to the house. That kind of old school. Is and too the... small. Yeah, she must have been very sleepy. Very sleepy to go to sleep on such a small little like. Such a big house, so many pieces of furniture you could probably go to sleep on. And it's kind of close to what I'd call like a show couch. You know, more for decoration. Was that kind of house? Yeah, where all the furniture wasn't really meant to be. Because was on. it in a little bay window area? Kind of, it was right, like maybe some bookshelves on the side. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. This was like a historic house that burnt down, and they built it exactly the same. Ooh, so it was like new, but it's got the fresh cedar. It's got all this furniture we got at the antique throat show. We want it to be rustic, but we also want it to be classy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Robert Patrick live in a fucking hut? Like, a it was shanty? like a dirt fucking yeah. shanty hut. With the fucking, like, 98 computer. Like, that computer, the screen was, wasn't it like a big old, like, gray monitor? Like, back in the day with, like, the whole, it was like a lay-down tower <laughs> underneath the desktop was like. I thought he was, like, in the fucking barbarian tunnels at first. And then I was like, oh, it's his, that's just how his house is. He lives in, like, a, like, the Alamo. He was the thing at the end of the tunnel in Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, he was wearing some Agnes skin. <laughs> Wasn't that an Agnes? That was it, right? I think so. I felt bad for his. Was that his housekeeper? Well, like friend like of the family. She said friend of the family or something like that. I'm a friend of theirs, but she's the realest lady in this. Well, there's that one spot like later on when he's like, she's dead, and he's looking. And he's like, wipe that smirk off your face, or you're not getting a proper burial, or some shit like that. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, dude, he's nuts. You uh, like the fourth wall breaking, or was that? So that was my second nervous moment was when the fourth wall was broken because I'm like, ah, sometimes when they do that in movies lately, that's the point where the movie goes south. I usually think it is. Mm-hmm. It works really well if it's like a thing in like a sitcom or something like that. Yeah. 
Gary Shandling. You know? <laughs> well, but that's situational and that works. You know what I mean? It's I thought he was filming an internet video the uh, first time. And I was like, oh fuck, is he like some old man YouTuber? Or like on some dark web shit, maybe? Selling those those smut downloads. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know the difference between the dark web and the regular web. So many webs. Who knows where I am? <laughs> CERN. But I did think he was making a video. That's what it seemed like. Like some old man on YouTube. I didn't think that, but I did get nervous. I was like, man, this could go either way. But they did it They did it well. It, it almost was, felt like he was just talking to himself. It was well done. But yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Like, was he really crazy? I think he really was losing his shit. Maybe not dementia, but I think he really was losing his shit. Robert Patrick was really good in this role, though. All of his improvised, his little improvised lines that mm -hmm. I heard about in interviews when I was researching it. So many good ones. Serve him a Shirley Temple, and he's like... Don't hold back on the cherries. <laughs> but Amanda Crew was saying she wanted to do this because she felt like she played the same straight-laced girl all the time. Like the girl who had her shit together and everything. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to play a girl whose life was falling apart. She did a great job. She did a really, really convincing, I have had enough of this shit. And also just a little lost in life. I love the car wash scene. The car wash was great. My favorite thing is that she's like, that's the first time I've ever given a car wash. The <laughs> windshield's so yeah, dirty. Five, but yeah, here's some. Like, what is it? Like, what kind of drugs do you have? <laughs> or some <laughs> shit like that. I appreciate that it was acid and it wasn't. It would have been a different movie if it had been like something. Well, something. see, and I was like, it can't be just weed because, like, weren't they in California? I think so. So I'm like, it couldn't have been weed because, like, they can get that. I mean, really, they can get it all now. Well, not acid, but the shrooms, right? Because part of me had like a shrooms vibe from the car wash chick. <laughs> yeah, maybe. They're out there. Somebody's got a greenhouse or like an old trailer home, you know, just sitting in the desert. What do you know? Throw a couple fucking ice chests in there, a couple lanterns, you're good to go. Dark closet. <laughs> You've got this all figured out. Did you ever grow those mushroom kits? I never have. It it was like a dark space. You You plant this, you like mix this shit in with soil, put it in a dark place, the spores just start growing, dude. I remember watching a couple of people fail at it in high school, and I was oh. like, eh, I'm not doing that. One of the fucking easiest things you can do, man. Yeah, it grows on shit. Come on. Yeah, it, it, and when it comes in a kit, it comes in a kit with instructions. And if you do it right, you get a couple different batches. Potency's less and less each time, but you get batches. Do you remember... Uh when we tried to make those god jars were you around then god jars yeah so we we got ambonita mushrooms and unglazed terracotta pots and we crushed up ambonita mushrooms they're the big red ones with the white spots okay, all over okay. the cartoon mushrooms, yeah 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 if you will and we crushed them up and we put them in these unglazed terracotta pots and then we filled them with grape juice and we just let it soak then we poured out the grape juice and it grew mold and we poured more grape juice in it. And supposedly, every time the mold grows in there and you pour more grape juice in, the fungus becomes a part of the grape juice. And then you drink it. And every time you add more, it gets stronger and stronger. I don't think we did it right. <laughs> Tasted bad. Did nothing to me. I remember I tried it a couple times when you were trying to make absinthe. It tasted real bad, but it worked. <laughs> It got the fucking job done. Well, I remember once I drank some and you were like, wait, 
we shouldn't have drank that one. Drink this one or some shit like that. And I was like, well, what's what's wrong with that one? I think we made one with Everclear and that was the problem. There's something in just the way you acted. I was like, well, what did I just drink, man? Like, What's in me? I think we just didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how strong it was. Yeah, those were the days. I think we were adults, too. <laughs> I don't think we were like in high school or anything. Yeah, that was after high school. Yeah. Yeah. Young adults. Young adults. Mm -hmm. Figuring things out. Reading Fear Street books. <laughs> But this one, uh, it's when she first gets the way he creeps around and everything like that. But I, I loved like the OCD thing. Like she gets out of the shower and he's like cleaning up with a towel because the wet footprints go across. And then there was something else that he did too. You he related to that a little bit, didn't you? It touched my you sweet like, spot. <laughs> it touched my sweet spot. Fucking water all over the floor. Yeah, but he he thought about it, even though he was like, oh, I'm gonna fuck with this chick. Oh man, the spider in the contact lens thing. I didn't think it was going to come back around yeah I, at the time i didn't know that that was like a foreshadowing situation i did but i thought maybe it was going to be i thought that it was going to be like a thing where she never noticed he was doing any of this stuff that he had been stalking her and that she was going to float right through this weekend with nothing happening get home and find it yes see if anything with me with the spider and the contact lens i didn't see it tying into the ending the way that it did i thought it would have popped up beforehand and just, like, she would have been like, what the fuck? Like, I thought it would have been just, like, another, like, weird thing about the weekend. You know, because, I mean, later, what, his son walks in while she's sleeping? Yeah, it was not a good Airbnb experience. No. Yeah, lots of lots of red flags. Definitely a negative review. Never booking that property again. I'm telling you, the, all these movies about Airbnbs gone wrong lately has made me want to stay in a hotel. Like a, like a hotel? Like a fucking Hilton. You know, I did it on that road trip back in October. Stayed at two of them. Not bad. And you know me, I've got this weird thing, right? Like in shrinking, it's hard for me to sit inside my outside clothes. Yeah, I will say, you know, opening the door with your phone, not easy. So <laughs> I still want the fucking key. Give me the fucking key. Yeah, hotels, really? I just checked for bed bugs, you know? Like I lifted the comforter, looked in the corners for bed bugs. I was like, no bed bugs? Fuck it. You know, you pull back the comforter, there's not a used condom. I'm fine. You think the, the bed is bad? You should see the curtain. Dude, after I leave, you can. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm in Arkansas and there was a highway beneath me and I just stood naked in the window. <laughs> did you really? I did. That's badass. I don't know if they could see me, but there was like a highway right there and the windows were open. I went to shut them and I was like kind of posed for a minute. I was like, <laughs> little rock. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> I forgot all about that until this moment. I mean, that's. I hadn't remembered it since the trip. What was that, seven months ago? I appreciate it. More than half a year ago, yeah. But That's yeah, right. an Airbnb does not seem as appealing to me anymore. Some of them are great, but sometimes you don't know what's going on. There's hidden cameras. How clean is it? Is this going to be a fucking head case that I'm running this from? Is there a murderer in the little room underneath the house? Why are there always these little... I mean, I know there's an owner's closet, but these little rooms in the movies got me fucked up, dude. I'm like... Even like... We stayed in Kelly's family's house that had a, like they had a room that was locked and it was like because I think they'd Airbnb it a owner's times, closet. But like we knew who was there. I just still didn't like that there was an area of the house I couldn't see. Get inside. to. I don't like that. Man, when I worked at the lake, there were condos and I hung out with a maintenance guy here and there, like helped him if it was a slow day. There was somebody who lived there that let them know like where the key was to the owner's closet and they kept butt in it. So this maintenance guy was smoking like a condo owner's weed whenever he needed weed. 
I mean, the guy was like, yeah, the guy was like, like the maintenance guy enough to be like, hey, man, there's a key here. If you ever need a bowl, it's in that closet. That's taking care of your maintenance guy. Yeah. And this was a maintenance guy who smoked out of a socket pipe. <laughs> Real maintenance guy. Uh, this is kind of doubling back, but when she went to the bar and that. uh, Oh, what's his name? James. James. Yes. Fucking... Who was in The Endless? He was I, I think he might have been the cult leader. I can't remember real well. Yeah. But Moorhead and Benson, shout out. Moorhead and Benson. I I can't fucking believe that it went to that place where Robert Patrick had gone up to the door and like forced his way in and it ended up being he was a fucking serial killer. When he was at the bar with Olive, there was a news story about the missing girl. Yeah, I didn't even see that. Yeah, so I knew it would tie in, but I didn't really guess right away that James was the kidnapper. You know what I mean? But then it was fucked up, dude. Her eyes were sewn shut. And her mouth. And her mouth. Because I was like, are they just really bruised? Is she like beaten to a pulp? You know, is that what we were supposed to get? Like he was into some shit. Sleeping pills on the counter. What was it? A fucking suck vacuum? Sucking fuck vacuum. That reinforced for me too that maybe Olive was not going to notice anything happened. Like Robert Patrick was going to keep her from being murdered on accident. And see, that would have been awesome. Yeah, because where my mind went with that was... Like, and I think it's what you're saying. If all this shit happened around her, but not to her, and then she never knew. Right? Yeah, there was another movie going on in my head that was good. Yeah. That was really good. Just as good as the one I watched almost. <laughs> Maybe um, not as fun in the end. Well, it's like at the beginning of this one when, like, the mom was getting dressed and the dad was on the bed before he killed himself. I went off on a whole thing just assuming that that was, like, a hooker. And he was missing the recital because he was fucking a hooker. And then he killed himself. And then, but like as it was happening, I was like, oh, that's just her mom getting ready. They're late for the recital. But yeah, I'd gone in a completely different direction at the beginning of the movie. Had to stop overthinking like right after the opening sequence. Yeah, that's really far. Yeah. You got to pump the brakes. That was sometimes. like maybe 30 seconds into the movie. It was the first thing you see in the movie. And already you were like, he's God. with a hooker. He felt something happened with the wife. He's going to kill. Oh, he killed himself. That's why he missed the recital. Fuck. When I saw him sitting there, I was like, that guy's going to kill himself. And he's Leland. <laughs> Being Leland didn't help your situation there. Um, but after he kills James, he comes out looking like the man in black wearing fucking James's clothes. Well, and then in the bag, do you think it was supposed to be body parts or clothing? He was having a real easy time carrying them with one arm. There's no way that he bagged up a dead body. Well, and I don't think Hefty makes him that strong. Like a human body, like you, there's density, there's mass there. Like James, but I do think they implied that he... Like eviscerated him and, and dismembered him. Oh yeah, definitely. There was some hacking going on in the in the room. Yeah, so it would make sense if they were doing that. Maybe he just took his like his head and, like left uh, the torso. His hands and stuff. Took yeah. the appendages, left the torso. Yeah, there was that serial killer back in the day that was throwing fucking torsos in the bay and they were like washing up. And like they couldn't figure out who any of these people were because he was taking all the identifying parts and getting rid of them somewhere else. Damn. Hmm creepy shit but yeah maybe that's what robert patrick did i thought it was his clothes and then i thought also that it was going to come up again because he threw it in like a dry riverbed yeah where a homeless guy was staying mm -hmm. well but then meanwhile olive's tripping acid right yeah her acid trip was pretty good her acid trip i liked the conversation she was having with her exes i appreciate that they used some of the same actors from the art show dementia sequences the some of the blue guys like the two blue guys who kissed each other yeah those were two of the ex-boyfriends. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, the two dudes, I'm pretty damn sure those were two separate boyfriends in her trip. That's crazy. So, yeah, she was on a journey, and they got those guys, like, dual roles. 
Yeah, or it kind of makes it like creepy. Or even creepier that it like was, yeah. Connected somehow. Somehow, because it's his dementia or psychosis mixed with her trip. And who knows what how much he actually looked online about her once he had confirmed the booking. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was projecting all of her exes. And, Dude, and when she's talking to her dad and he's talking about it, she's like, do you watch me have sex? And he's like, I always look away. Always. And he like turns his head like Napoleon like Dynamite. Long... Yeah. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ray Wise. So it was good. so good. Fuck. Robert Patrick, though. Then he finds the tomahawk, goes on a night hike. Where did he find the tomahawk? In his little cottage. He just had it from, it, from there, way back when. There was a picture of them on like a road trip back in the day. Like I feel like his son was a little kid. Or maybe the little kid in the picture was him as a little kid and it was his parents. And it was from like a roadside attraction even further back in time. Weird. Yeah, I, I believe there was a picture of like a family at like a roadside attraction. And it was like something in the tomahawk was next to it because they got that from there. I just don't know if that was like him and his son or him as a child with him his parents. I genuinely like the exchange they have when they finally have the, we have the end showdown. Yes. I, and I liked that I was proved wrong, that it wasn't going to be her kind of meandering through this and missing everything. Mm -hmm. I did think it would make sense too, because I think that him making her play piano and she's like, he's like, you're just awful. <laughs> and she's like, I, yeah, I, she, kind of realizes he was like you don't know that you're awful well and it, he changed her clothes man yeah that's always unsettling you know like he knocks her out after the kitchen exchange that had the groovy song playing and he threatens to wash her mouth out with soap <laughs> she wakes up from being knocked out and she's wearing the dress that his wife killed himself in so it's like you know they don't it's not acknowledged but it's like oh he undressed her and got put her in his wife's dead wife's clothes that are you know blood dried from who knows how many years earlier it's like some old dried blood probably yeah, so no matter funny. what he says at that point fucking millennials yeah you're like well you just stripped a woman naked and put her in a bloody dress things used to be different your wife wore that dress come on in what the 70s when she killed herself yeah. she was wearing this fucking doily there were sweatpants there that's sweatpants. all i'm saying god when the mom busts in you just killed my piece of ass motherfucker <laughs> perfect she was just looking for a good lay, and little Pemberton was, you know. He was the fool of the story. He yeah. was, with his Volks, Volkswagen. The Volkswagen. Well, I guess it was her Volkswagen. I really liked when uh, the sun happens in and helps them with their flat tire. Oh, and you start there. to think maybe this is this is something else? Yeah, but I prefer that in the end it was just him being like, fuck you, to that. Like He was like, I don't like this fucking guy. Perfect. It was perfect. That's exactly how that should have gone down. It was awesome. I also very much appreciated that they held that the son was gay until the, that very last beat. So, you know, it's just that much more pushing old Harvey over the edge. Because, you know, Harvey was old school at heart. Yeah, and I don't feel like the opposite message that came into play, mm -hmm. where she's like, fucking boomers. Fucking boomers. Like it came around from his fucking millennials. Yeah, but I think that the director very much just thinks that everyone is full of shit. Mm -hmm. I'm full of shit. You're full of shit. We're all full of shit. We all have this like baggage of the time we grew up in, thinking that it was better than the time that is happening now. It's not. Right now is always better. Well, and in perfect quirky form, the end end of this movie, I was like, ooh, a model rocket. Because <laughs> of I, course you were. I used to do model rockets, then I'm like, oh shit, that's how they're going to spread the ashes, which is goofy as fuck. Didn't work out either. Didn't work out either. 
but then I was watching the credits because it was one of those walk off. And they do turn around and look at it, but nothing else happens. But I was like, wait, what else could happen at this point with this one? I did like this movie enough to wait to see. I did too. I was waiting. I was waiting. Even though I don't like that. Don't do after the credits shit. Well, and this, the people have given this a 4.9 on IMDb. Yeah, this does not deserve that. This was very fun. This was a super fun movie. If you read all the reviews of this movie, Mm -hmm. everyone's baggage they bring to this movie is what keeps you from liking it. You're like, oh, I don't want that message, or I don't like that because it's making fun of me, or I think everyone was made fun of in this movie equally. Yeah. The mom, the suicidal dad, the old man who wanted things to be the way they were in a time that didn't exist. Same with Olive. She was full of shit, too. Well, there's just so many little things in this movie. When he gets out at the hotel to kill James, there's like a Bible in the glove box. You know what I mean? Like, nice little touch. This was very detailed, and Mm -hmm. he deserves lots of credit for how much thought went into something so silly. Well, and there's something to say about social status and the age gap and all these other things in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, an entitlement, maybe? Maybe entitlement's like a good underlying theme. Yeah, but I think that the the like humor of this movie felt of like a '90s time almost, like a brand new cherry flavor captured it perfectly, and is infinitely more absurd. You will love that show. It's in the you, queue. She put it at the top. I don't think you can move around where things are in the queue. Take it off. Put it back on. That's what she said. <laughs> is that like a clothed female naked male thing? I don't know. Is that embarrassing? This movie doesn't deserve. A middle-of-the-road rating. No. I very much enjoyed it. And if you give it a chance and go, and don't go into it thinking it's some sort of slasher movie or that it really is going to sell you on one side of a message or another, I think it's just kind of silly. Yeah. In a John Waters way. In a John Waters way. And he has a cameo in his other movie. No, in this one, it's and, and it's not full-on John Waters. No, not at all. Not it's, at it's, all. It's not going to be like that level. But I think it has like just a little... It's like a, a twinkle when you smile. Mm-hmm. Kind of to it. It's winking. Well, yeah. And I mean, they weren't afraid to get down on some of those bloody scenes. Damn, the nails on the stairway, dude. <sighs> it would have been the kind of movie that if I found it at the video store, I would have told 10 people to watch it. And they would have. And maybe two of them would have come back and been like, oh, yeah, I like that. Not in Cedar Park. This one, I don't know. I, I maybe... Yeah, you were out there. I was, yeah. I was in the sort of environment where somebody might be looking for that. I bet there's maybe one person I could have recommended that movie to that could have appreciated it for what it was. I'd say one at my video store. Damn it, Cedar Park. I, I would watch it again. I don't understand the 4.9. I don't understand the 4.9 It just really throws me off here trying to like explain why I would tell like certain people to watch this movie. It's Because I feel like it's for more than just a certain group of people. But it really is. If you read the reviews, people bring so much baggage to the movie that they're like, I don't like that or i don't like this or you, you can see like was what there it any is. of like well that wasn't a horror movie yeah there was a, a little bit of that and then there was like i don't like how preachy this was and i don't feel like it was preachy wasn't at all fucking preachy not at all no or that it had they just saw the uh fucking boomers kind of he picked robert patrick for this role because he would bring a little bit of sympathy to the guy and i did feel kind of bad for like his wife killed himself. Like, how far back in someone's history can you go before you start feeling bad for them? 
and then you realize there's like, only no so many. You don't like them. There's only so many X Files you can cover before it affects you in your personal life. But next time, men, men, Alex Garland's men, not men who stare at goats, not men at work, not men, simply men, or maybe maybe a little like men. And if you know that I watched Chernobyl, Jesse Buckley, firefighter's wife. I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. Charlie Holy Kaufman's What the Fuck. <laughs> wear men, manly men, wear men in tights. <laughs> tights. Are you going to wear tights for this episode? I have a white onesie, like the white one piece thing We're at home. We're going to do men in tights. <laughs> I said, hey, Blinken. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at The Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.